0: reduces weight which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Na 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 Mahoney from the AP is live in Cleveland we want to get his take on what's happening right now what the environment is at all-star weekend what's the feel with the Knicks right now Brian are you here are you with us I am with you absolutely hey Brian how is it uh in Cleveland have you uh been enjoying the snowstorm that's been going on the snow and the ice (laughs) it's cold
1: it is very cold uh for sure Uh, it's it's fun to be back at all-star don't get me wrong uh you know, obviously, uh, last year they couldn't really do this, uh, so it's it's back to normal for the most part now, with all the events back. But it's a uh, but it's cold. It's uh, we're not we're not in a uh, warm weather city for sure in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, no doubt. At least you're somewhat enjoying festivities instead of having to be on the on the beat of drama in Brooklyn and in New York. at least like a week break for everyone who's wanting to know what's going on with Tibbs, what's going on with this Knicks organization. Would love to get your take though, because there's a lot of uh, blame that's being thrown around. Um, Who should be to blame for the Knicks and and their woes, all of those 20 point leads that they've blown in the last like eight games. Um, What are you hearing? What's like really going on in terms of uh, the reason that this team is struggling and what do you think happens next?
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, being here on the road, seeing a lot of national people, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we can't believe how did it get so bad so fast. Uh, You know, this was a, you know, a a good news, feel-good story last year with the Knicks making the playoffs and Tom Thibodeau winning coach of the year, and it just looked like a great mix. And, uh, you know, people like to see, uh, you know, once in a while the Knicks have a good team, and and they're surprised it went so bad so fast this year. I think they just, you know, unfortunately the moves they made this year, they sort of built a team that is – you know, a competitive team. They're in every game, most games anyway, but they're just not good enough to win a lot of them. They're, uh, you know, this team ultimately falls short and it's a, you know, a, a top to bottom failure so far, unfortunately. Some players haven't played well enough. Uh, some moves they made weren't good enough and, and Tom Thibodeau has made some coaching mistakes.
0: Yeah, for sure he has. But I think that it's interesting that the blame falls on him when the players that he are very clearly Tib's guys. And now the news comes out that he wasn't super thrilled with the Evan Fournier signing, wasn't super thrilled with Kemba as well as Cam Reddish. And I'm curious as to, you know, the move with not re-signing Reggie Bullock. I know that's kind of a, a niche question, but it feels like there was a shift within the organization, maybe of trust, where they were bringing in the Tibbs, like, mold guy, like a Derek Rose, like a Taj Gibson, and then they end up getting kind of rid of him and going a different direction. Uh, what What do you think is is the reason for that.
1: No, it's a, it's a very good question. Uh, you know, obviously you know, look, they they felt they needed to upgrade the offense. Uh, you know, I think Jeff Van Gundy, during doing one of their games this year, said, you know, look, they, you know, they tanked a bit in that Atlanta series afterward. You know, they they played so poorly offensively that they felt they had to go out this summer and upgrade that. And you know, the moves to get Hornie and Kemba Walker were, were done that. And they say, okay, maybe we can afford to, you know, sacrifice a little bit of defense and you let a guy like Bullock go and. You know, again, it hasn't worked out. I understand why they made the move for sure, watching the end of last season. But uh, you also, they took away some of the strengths of the team. And, you know, you probably say in some regards, okay, a guy like Tom Thibodeau, you you know, will be able to deal with that. But you have to have a certain kind of player, and, and this team doesn't have all those kinds of players.
0: Yeah, and it's like you have to earn the minutes for Tibbs. You have to earn them in practice, nothing's given he'll give you a DNP if he doesn't like what you're doing uh so I guess the question is if things go this direction because right now Tibbs is saying oh well we're now post all-star break we're going to start playing the young guys what's the reason for that are the expectations no longer surpassing obviously it's not going to be possible but winning to the level of last year and now mm-hmm. it's kind of a punt season
1: yeah it was interesting hearing him say that after the game the other night uh you know he was talking about winning uh in one regard uh, that's all his focus is on winning and then a few minutes later he said okay we have these young guys and you know developing our young guys what we have to do which obviously those are contradictory feelings for the most part uh so you know they're still close to being in the, the play-in position i mean it's only uh three games out maybe or so so they could try and keep going, but with this little bit left in the season, they may not think it's worth it. Uh, and in that regard, then, yeah, they have enough guys here, young guys, who so you do have to start to give more minutes, I guess, and that's not the kind of thing he ever wants to do, but uh, it may just be what management tells him to do.
0: I'm, I'm curious as to what happens postseason. Tibbs signed a five-year deal right off the jump and i think the world is sort of wondering could he be on the chopping block legitimately what is your feel on that and is that just still to be determined are we at a not at the tipping point as to where we can make a prediction on that yet
1: Yeah, I hate I hate to make one because you never know. My my feeling on the one ring out is look, the guy's a winning record in New York. Yeah. You know, no one has that in a long time. Yes. Uh so how could they not want to keep him around? He's proven he can he can do well here. On the other hand, these are the Knicks and they make reactionary decisions sometimes. You know, I, I would I wanna give Leon Rose a doubt that that he's not gonna be that kind who has done you know, what some of the previous presidents have done and, and just kind of bail out on things too quickly. Um, but at the same time, you know, these being the Knicks, you just never, never can know. They have a history of making the wrong move yeah. sometimes.
0: Yeah, and James Dolan isn't always one of those uh, those owners that want to have multiple coaches on the payroll all at the same time. That It takes a lot for him to get there sometimes. Shifting over to the Nets, um, what's kind of the vibe now that all the drama of the, the hardened trade has settled?
1: It seems to be pretty good. Uh, you know, I wasn't around them much when things really went bad with Harden. They were on the the West Coast trip then um, when things seemed to really fall off the deep end. And you know, I didn't realize how bad it seemed to have gotten. And uh, now that that trade is done and he's gone, uh, you know, that that win against the Knicks w- was uh, was a great win. Uh, you know, to, to come back there and and win that game. And you know, winning at home uh, the first night when they had Drummond and Curry playing was a, a you know routing Sacramento. So. Uh, this seems to have really improved things. Now, again, it <laughs> doesn't matter unless Kevin Durant gets healthy and then Ben Simmons comes back to play and all that stuff. But uh, certainly, uh, they seem to be in a much better place mentally than they were, you know, 10 days ago.
0: Now, Harden said that this had very little to do with Kyrie, but that's not that's not true, is it?
1: I can't imagine it is. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, if you're going to find a reason to be frustrated as a Nets player, I mean, you have to look there, don't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and now you're getting to a point where you have a guy like Cam Thomas who's able to get buckets in late-game situations without all that drama.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you, know, he, you know, getting him more it helps. And, you know, I, I can understand why Harden is disappointed. Obviously, you know, this has been two years in a row where where Kyrie is not there all the time, and James Harden has to play heavy minutes because of that. And I don't think that's necessarily was, was fair to Harden. And so, you know, is that the only reason he wanted to go? I don't want to say that. I think that would be unfair, but... I, I certainly can't imagine it played no factor at all. Uh you know, we, we saw he was disappointed after the Nets changed their mind in December and brought Kyrie back and and uh you know, that certainly it all added up to him wanting out.
0: Do you believe that this situation happens the way that it does if Kyrie was not a part-time player that he was a no-time player?
1: If Kyrie hadn't played all this year, would right. Harden have won yeah. That's a it's a it's a good question. I uh you know, I I I think maybe he would have made it through the season maybe and you know, and then you know, his plan was to go into pre agency this summer and maybe he would have stuck with that if he was so frustrated he would have then left or you know, just wanted to go, he would have left. But uh, you know, it's very possible that, that when the Nets change their mind that, that sped things up. Uh, you know, I, I certainly you know, Harden needs to win a title, uh is the bottom line. He you know, Kevin Durant's won, Kyrie Irving's won. Uh Harden hasn't won and he needs to make sure they're doing everything possible to win and the Nets were not. Kyrie not playing all the time wasn't going to help him here. So that certainly, uh, you know, would have disappointed him.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that on one end, Ky- uh, Carden's full goal is to win right now. But on the other end, we're seeing, you know, reports that he's out on the road partying, that his conditioning isn't up to par. I'm very curious as to how this actually ends up shaking out, whether any of those things change now that he's in Philly. Uh, what... What's the the vibe with Ben and and when we can see him return?
1: You know that'll be interesting uh, because you know they play in Philadelphia in a, in a couple weeks on March, uh, 10th. March 10th. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know that they want to have Ben Simmons play there. You know, if he has you know mental health struggles, Philadelphia uh, so is a tough place. So. You know, do they, on the one hand, not bring him back before then? On the other hand, if they don't bring him back before then, you know, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of games left and they're, you know, pretty far back in the standings. So they need to get things going. So it'll be fascinating to see, you know, how soon, you know, physically and mentally he's ready to get on the court.
0: So I'm curious as to how things are shaking out also with Kyrie, because I've I've seen some news that there's a potential and this has been whispering for months now that possibly that New York will change their mandate or maybe he'll be able to figure out where the Nets pay a fine. Like what is actually true here? And is that actually going to change before playoff time?
1: I mean, just using Steve words, uh, Steve Nash's words, they're optimistic. You know, I think everyone is sort of looking at things are you know getting better and numbers are going down, and and you know they believe it may happen. I I understand you know the mayor you know has said you know I I'm not sure myself what to do, but I don't want to rush this and send the wrong message. Uh, but the playoffs are still you know two months away, so I think the Nets can you know hang in there. Uh, the problem is if it doesn't happen, I think you know a lot of us all thought. At some point, Kyrie would say, I proved my point, and I'm going to get the vaccine. Uh, there's been no reason to believe that's going to change at all during this whole season. He seems to have sort of dug in more even. So, uh, you know, if, if the minute doesn't change, I think they have to you know, realistically think, you know, he's not going to play at all this year in all games. And, you know, and, you know I, they can't win if that doesn't happen.
0: And if that doesn't happen and we get a halftime, Ky, all the way through playoffs— I know we're not in the prediction game all the time, but I have to ask you, like if you had to put odds on Kyrie getting an extension this summer, if he does and at what length, where would you go with that?
1: You know, I think the Nets have to be careful with that. Uh, you know, again, I, he, you know, he took a leave of absence last year. He has not been committed to doing what it does to play all year this year. These are his own personal issues. I understand And I'm not, you know, I don't want to say. But he's you know, never available every, every,
0: fully full games except for the the years when he was with Braun.
1: Right. So you know you can't then pay him max money in my mind to you know if he's not going to be there all the time now. You know, what, you know, is there a middle number where the Nets will say, we're, we're going to extend you, but we're giving you only this? Uh, you know, and does that matter to Kyrie? I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, it's hard to really tell what's important to him at this, at this point in his life and his career. So, uh, it's going to be a tough one for the Nets to navigate. It's such a hard question to answer because we, we've never seen this. You know, how many, you know, guys are there with this talent who you aren't sure whether they want to play basketball anymore? And, uh, that's where we kind of are with Kyrie.
0: Where are we with Joe Sy, do you think? Because he's kind of the key piece. His only goal is to win at any cost. Has, has there been any whispers about what his sentiment is on this?
1: You know, the only real whispers we hear is obviously, you know, he believes in, in vaccines uh, and, and science. So there was some disappointment there. But at the same time, he also, you know, wants to do whatever it takes to win, as you mentioned, and bringing Kyrie back was, was part of that. So, you know, he – did, you know, they all have done what they had to do for this season to give themselves what they felt was the best chance. But, you know, going forward after this year, they have to sort of evaluate the whole thing because there's dollars and cents involved and, and commitment levels and talent levels and all those kind of things. And uh, he's a tough one to evaluate.
0: Brian, thank you so much for joining us. All the way from icy, snowy, got your Sorrells on, your Ugg boots on. Hopefully you don't have your sneaker game going because I think you'll have to leave those in the hotel.
1: you don't want to wear anything good on your feet on this trip that's for sure
0: and that's what the all-star game is all about Brian thanks so much for joining us
1: thanks just take care
0: thank you Brian Mahoney from the AP live in Cleveland we're getting a lot of lot of hate here I'm Trista Crick here on the fan lot of hate here for Tibbs the pitchforks are out for Tibbs I tell you what I was talking to a couple of co-workers, big Knicks fans, and they're like, Tibbs is an idiot. Tibbs sucks. Tibbs won coach of the year last year. So my question is, does a coach go from being elite coach of the year status to becoming absolute garbage overnight? Or is there more going on here? Because I believe that there's a lot of blame to go around. And I think Tibbs is the last person that should be fired or the last person that should be on the chopping block, the guillotine, whatever you want to say, right? Because let's, let's put this into perspective. Say you're an employee, you get hired, you get hired right off tops for five years. They've got the trust in you to sign you immediately to a long-term deal. They know everything about you. They know your history. They know your reputation. You guys got a great relationship. You've laid out the plan for success. And the business that you're coming into to run hasn't been successful for, I mean, a long, long time. And you come in and you ignite the culture. All of a sudden, things are going swimmingly. All of a sudden, you are performing well above expect, I mean, well above, well above expectations. <laughs> like, the team, the Knicks going to the playoffs? Excuse me. Okay, we've got a play-in tournament here. We've got a play-in Okay, so the Knicks were like a 9 or a 10 seed, right? No. Four seed. They had home court advantage with Tom Thibodeau. He got a couple of his guys in, Derek Rose. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring him in for you. We know he's a Tibbs guy. All of a sudden... You're a four seed. Yes, you did get bounced by, okay, a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals in the Atlanta Hawks. So there's no shame in that. And then, okay, you win coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau for the New York Knicks. And one year later, you say, okay, I've outperformed expectations. The city is electrified by me. They think I'm doing a phenomenal job, flowers and roses And everyone's excited. The garden's going crazy. It's back to the 90s era we go. And then you say, listen, in order for me to get to that next level, which is to really compete, I have some additional resources that I need. Can you get me X, Y, Z? And instead of getting you what you need, what you got was Evan Fournier. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. I love me some Evan Fournier, but I only like him when he's playing in the Olympics. I am not a fan of domestic Evan Fournier basketball. And I don't think Tom Thibodeau is either. And then you go out and get a feel-good story in Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is injury prone. He's never played defense his entire career. He's a New York kid that literally the Boston Celtics had to pay to get rid of. And you're like, we are going to get this guy into the starting lineup for Tom Thibodeau. And you know Leon Rose and World Wide West. They know everything that there is to know about Tom Thibodeau and what he needs and what he wants to succeed. And they give him Evan Fournier and Campbell Walker. My Lord, And then when it doesn't go the way that you expect as a fan base, as a front office, as ownership, it's like, well, Tibbs is the one to blame. Really? Is that true? Is that true? Why? Because you gave him an inferior amount of resources and the type of resources that he asked for, and then you still expected him to not only perform to the level that he did last year, but even above. And okay, like so it's Julius Randle's fault because Julius Randle is now playing more minutes than he's ever played. His usage rate is through the roof. And you've got Kemba now being benched. And now it's trade deadline time. And what do you do? You say, everything is on sale. Everything must go. Anything can go. We just need some pieces that fit into the Tibbs model. And what do you do? You go get Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. The same Cam Reddish that the Atlanta Hawks went on a tear right after they traded away. That Cam Reddish. No shade to Cam Reddish. He can be a very, very good player in this league at some point. But he is not a Tom Thibodeau player. Hence the reason he got multiple DNPs to start the year and to start his, his career for the New York Knicks. So the question is, what is a Tom Thibodeau player? Well, you've got to be healthy. You've got to play defense. You have to be a dog. That is the most important. And, and the most, most important is you have to buy in to doing all those things. You have to say, okay, Tom, I, I get you. I'm going to do it. But not only am I going to do it, I'm not going to do it begrudgingly. I'm going to do it because I know that's what takes, it takes to win from for you. Evan Fournier is not a defender. Evan Fournier is not tough. Evan Fournier is not a Tibbs player. And surprise, surprise, when the news came out, Tom Thibodeau was not happy with the signings of Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, and Kemba Walker. And they're shopping Kemba, and Kemba's coming out with quotes, saying, well, I'm here now, I don't know what to say. Goodness gracious. And so it's Tibbs' fault and that Tibbs on a five-year deal should be should be fired. How dare us? You may or may not like what Tibbs' methods are, but you signed him to those methods for five years, and he got you to the four seed. And you were a struggling franchise, not even thinking about a move in a world that you could imagine Hosting a playoff game at the Garden? Are we are we serious? Are we all living in the same universe right now? I cannot believe it. Really quick, let's go to Doe from Middletown. Doe, what's up?
1: Well, this is, Bo. Oh, so Bo. How are I, Trish?
0: Hey, how are, hey
1: you? how are you? How are you, Chris? I I'm a big Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan for maybe almost twenty twenty five years, going back to the Patrick Ewing days. But my my thing is that the way how Tom Thibodeau is. I'm I'm kind of sad to see Reggie, um,
0: um, Reggie Bullock. Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: when he was gone, and that was that was that was his player, that was his defense, mm-hmm. that was his dog right there. When he was gone, and then then when they signed Evan Fournier and Kevin Walker, I like okay, they're they're drifting away from his idea of his team, and now I'm like I'm disappointed that how this team is coming together. That, not even coming together, just coming along and. And my question is, today, who's, who's going to take the blame after the season? Is Will Tom still be around or will upper management will be changed?
0: It's a great question. It's a great question from Bo. And unfortunately, should and will are two totally different things. Who should be to blame? The people who make decisions and give you the raw materials to then bake or cook or whatever or build a team with. Right? Create something. And you're just going to say, oh, well, Tibbs' teams are giving up multiple 20-point leads. These are not his players. He is the kind of guy where you earn your minutes in practice. We're talking about practice? Yes. For Tom Thibodeau, who has been called the Penguin by people that are not me, that is his style. You earn everything you get. You don't come in here and just get it unless you're Julius Randle but that's because he proved it last year and you're right Bo the people who make those decisions and give Tom the players that he has asked specifically not for he wanted to re-sign Reggie Bullock Reggie Bullock was a great piece good role player a good defender and I know we as New Yorkers are not huge fans of Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilikina got barbecued chicken, got cooked by Trey Young. But Frank Nilikina had a history of D'ing Trey Young up. In 2018, the Knicks had a 112 107 victory over the Hawks, and Frank was locking Trey down. He had zero points in the first half, 17 points overall. Tibbs trusted Nilikina. Now, you might say that was a bad move. Maybe that changed the entire history or course of that playoff series. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. So does Tibbs deserve to be fired? I don't think so. Will he be fired? Could he be fired? People who are in charge, they're looking for people to blame. The shivs are out, as they say. And the guillotine's coming down. And we've got a secret Illuminati in the clouds where they're pulling strings, and we don't know where they are or what they're up to, but we know that they're connected to the more important historical events in sports, and they happen to also run the New York Knicks. Obviously, James Dolan is a factor. He's not going anywhere either. So will Tibbs be fired? I don't know. Should he be fired? I don't think so. But, listen, Tibbs, if you gave him everything that he wanted... Also, by the way, the guys who are on this roster who are Tibbs' guys, are completely injured. You've got Derrick Rose, who's down. R.J. Barrett, who's down. That's a big piece. And he's got a bunch of young guys, and he wants to win games now. And people are coming out with the guillotines for him because he doesn't want to play the youth movement. But he's also got pressure in order to fulfill those expectations, not only from last year, but also to surpass them.